What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, as you know, we always focus on business. We always talk about personal development, and we usually mix both together, and today is going to be that same case. As always, I'm joined by my host, Vaughn the Impaler, the pastor of disaster. What's up, Vaughn? I'm still white, man. You are. You are but white. you're looking a little sunbaked. Yeah, I got a little sun on me, man. Yeah, going out yeah. to L.A. Yeah, it was sunny for like two days. It rained the rest of the time. Oh, did it really? Yeah, but it was okay because it was great. just, I, I enjoyed it. It was a very productive trip. That's awesome. Yeah, mainly worked the whole time. I had one day off. We went to uh, drive up through Malibu. I took the Aventador out there, the mm-hmm. SV, and drove up through Malibu. The first time I ever been up there, that was awesome. Yeah. I'd be nervous about driving a Lamborghini in L.A. traffic. Nah, you get used to it. Just yeah. like any other car. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's not so, forget about our producer, MC Salmon. Yeah. What's up, boys? What's up? Where are the salmon shorts today? Uh, it's actually warm enough now to wear. I, I'm I, I could wear mine yeah. all this week, yeah. honestly. We've had some weird weather. Dude, I, dude you know what? I've just it. relegated <laughs> myself to shorts year-round. Unless i got to yeah. dress up, then I put on jeans. Yeah. And usually I'm like five phases behind whatever the dress code is. So if it's like suit and tie, I'm in like jeans and t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's jeans, I'm in like shorts. You know, like I, I'm a couple steps behind. I don't give a fuck either, though. Yeah. Business partner still wears flip flops every day. Every day, in the middle of winter, unless there's fucking snow. Chris does. Yeah, I've never noticed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never. We're noticed pretty that. casual around here. Yeah. Hey, uh, before I forget, people have been uh, relentless in wanting your take on books, and now they can have it. Yeah. The mfceo.com forward slash badass books, guys. Sandy's reading list. Yep, it and you sure went a little, is. you went a little above and beyond, and shared some thoughts about each book. Yeah, and, and so guys, if you want that, the mfceo.com forward slash badass books. Yeah, the one thing, uh, the one thing that I wanted to hit on this before we got going was, you know, I've been getting attacked on email by people who are like, what. What else can I buy from you or what else can I do from you? And, you know, do you have programs or this or that? And, you know, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I don't do programs for a specific reason. Um, you know, and I want to offer this piece of advice right up front because this is something that just makes no fucking sense to me. Okay. You have all these fucking knuckleheads all over the internet selling these programs, right? My $1,000 course, my $5,000 course, my $250, I don't care what the price point is. But they're being sold by people who haven't actually built a real fucking business, okay? And they're being bought by people who want to actually build a real fucking business. And these people who are selling the courses are selling the courses and making money from selling the courses and then pretending like they're experts on these other things when they haven't actually done those things, okay? Explain to me why that works. It doesn't. No, I know these dudes are making millions of dollars doing that shit. Oh, why? Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what well, I'm saying? Like, why would why if you listen to me, if you want to build a legitimate business, would you not do the homework that it takes to vet somebody or edify someone to make sure that they actually built a real business in real life, other than their info product business? You know what I mean? There's guys out there that sell courses that have built tremendous companies but you just have to look and see like are these guys making their money from their info product courses or are they making their money because they've been doing real estate for 30 years like grant cardone you know what i'm saying and i love grant i'm by the way i'm speaking at his 10x con uh i'm actually headlining 
one of the nights. So I'm going to be the keynote speaker uh, the first night um, at 10XCon. If you guys are interested in that, you should go Google up 10XCon and buy your tickets because I know it's getting close to sold out. And I know there's a ton of people coming uh, from the MFCEO project as far as fans and listeners and all that. So it's going to be a real cool. I'm thinking about doing an, like an outside meetup just for us. Um, but I'm actually headlining the first night. Uh, and then they're doing a Q&A afterwards with myself, Grant, and uh, Damon John. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. it's going to be cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I, you know, I, I, guess I think I'm going to speak. The first day is business day. The second day is mo- uh, motivation, motivation day. And I think I'm speaking maybe both days, but yeah. I'm for sure speaking the first day and closing that day. So, that's awesome, man. Um, hey, I totally get what you're saying. But on the other hand, all the more reason for you to actually offer a product. Well, no, I know that that's kind of what I was getting to is like, I'm I, at this point, like, and for years I've been so frustrated with like, why the fuck are these people buying these products? And I ask people and I say things and people say back to me, why don't you make a product? Well, because I just, I don't know. I never, I think that most information, I've always taught myself all this information, but um, it seems like there's a need and a want for something like that. And so, I don't know. I'm considering it. It's something that I'm, I'm not for sure yes on or no on anymore, but it's more like I'm considering it. But the one thing I want to say about that is that like, dude, if you're going to look and invest in somebody's program or their books or their materials or, or their mastermind or whatever, dude, make sure they've done something in real life. Like, like look at what, it doesn't matter if they drive Lamborghinis or Rolls Royces or Ferraris or whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter if they live in a mansion. If they're making that money from selling you info products, but trying to teach you how to do other things, how can you be sure they know what the fuck they're talking about if they read some shit in a book somewhere and actually haven't done it? You know, find somebody who has actually done it. Find somebody who's actually done it. And then if you want to go to their seminar, if you want to go to their course, if you want to, you know, buy their programs, then that's cool. But just do your homework. You know what I mean? Like, people think I'm anti-course program. I'm, I'm not. I'm anti-course program from the 19-year-old life coaches who haven't fucking done shit. I'm anti-course program from the internet celebrities who haven't done shit but sell people programs and then pretend they're teaching somebody a real skill. You know, if you're going to learn a real skill, you got to learn it from someone who's actually gone through the battle, not someone who has, you know, read it in a book or fucking saw it on somebody else's seminar and decided they're going to sell it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, I wanted to clear that up because people are like, oh, why are you so against us educating? I'm not. I'm against you trying to educate yourself from people who aren't educated themselves and who are just selling you some bullshit. Absolutely. And that, that actually is an answer to a question that I got the other day uh, from a guy at Big Nico. He said, what do you and Andy look for when hiring a coach or a mentor? Or what would you give the advice? And Andy just said, yeah. it. don't, Make don't sure hire somebody who hasn't done what you're trying to do. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm getting at. So like, I want to clarify that because I don't want people to think like, oh, well, you know, he's changing his mind. Now he's going to come out with a program. No, if I come out with a program, it's going to be a total university where people can go from end to begin or from beginning to end mm-hmm. and learn all the shit they need to learn from fucking, you know, getting their business registered to, you know, how to build a hundred million dollar business with no fucking advertising, which is what we've done. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, I think you should call it the university of kill. Yeah. No shit, man. <laughs> I, you know, you kill. Yeah. I just want I just want you kill. That'd be funny. That would be I kinda funny. like it. Impale it. Impale it. I <laughs> yeah, kinda like yeah. that. That'd be Vaughn that'd be Vaughn's classes. But you know, my main thing is like I just hate to see people I hate to first of all, I hate to see people getting rich on on bullshit mm-hmm. and I hate to see people falling for bullshit. 
You know what I mean? Right. Don't don't pay attention to the flash. Do your homework. What has this person built? What have they done? What are their companies outside of selling info products? You know what I mean? Like I know Grant has fucking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate assets. He's done all kinds of different companies. He's also sixty years old. Right. You know, he's not fucking twenty five. Is Grant? Not yeah, he is. No he's way. 59 years old. Isn't oh that what he gosh. said when we were there? He's definitely high 50s. Well, 58, I don't, he's I don't remember that. Age, yeah. Yeah. Looking guy. But you no, know what, he, he takes care of himself. You know yeah. what this reminds me of? Uh, I used to work for my grandpa, and when, every day during lunch, we would watch uh, you know, like, uh, stocks and stuff like that, and he would give me like little assignments like, you know, which company would you invest in, and then he'd, you know, I'd have to go home and do homework on it and right. why I would invest in it. You know, it's just like me investing in a company just because their logo is shiny. Right, you know, right, right. Cool right, looking. exactly. It's a total smoke like, show. You, you wouldn't just throw money at a company just because it looked cool. And like, dude, guys are charging 1000 2000 5000 $10,000 for these fucking things. And that could be somebody's last fucking dollar. Right. You know, that's not morally correct. Right. That's not morally right. Right. You know, and uh, I don't know. You know, Gary and I talked about this, like when he was here for his book launch about him and I doing info products, not together, but he's like, dude, people, some legit people need to start doing it so that people have a fucking legit resource to, to measure against all these fuck sticks out there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. But dude, if you're going to buy somebody shit or go to somebody else, go to fucking 10 X con where every motherfucker that's speaking there has built a hundred million dollar business or more every single person. Okay. That's where you go to learn. You don't go to learn at fucking Johnny Joe's fucking fucking info shack off the back page of the fucking internet you know what i mean so anyway with that being said i wanted to clarify that because it's something that i've been noticing so much more it's like oh i'm doing so-and-so's course i'm doing so-and-so's course well so-and-so hasn't done a goddamn thing you know what i mean so um you know today is going to be more of a business focused podcast uh you know as always business entrepreneur entrepreneurial values Everything uh, that we talk about that has to do with that also goes with personal development, and those things go hand in hand. So if you're listening and you're not an actual business and you're just a person, you have to understand these values relate because every single person, every single one of you, everybody listening to this podcast, you guys all are your own brand right now, even if you don't realize it. You might be like, man, I've got 100 followers on Facebook, but I'm not my own brand, or I've got a you know, uh, zero Instagram followers. I'm not my own brand. No, you are your own brand because you still have contact with individuals on a daily basis in real life that think and perceive you to be a certain way. And you want them to think and perceive you to be a certain way because you're, you're doing it intentionally, not because, you know, you're floating through life. Like you float through life, you get what people who float through life get, which is nothing. You get a fucking beer and a sob story and a fucking ton of regret. And that's what you end up with. You know, people who are intentional, people who develop their brand on purpose, people who try to become what it is they think they should become in the best version of themselves, those are the people that fucking win. And they get everything, and everybody else gets nothing. And that's the way it works. So as we talk about this, guys, if you're not in a fucking business, don't tune out because you're going to miss a lot of valuable things that we're going to talk about here. Um, specifically, what we're going to talk about today is has to do with retention of customers, follow up and follow tr- through, how to turn your your efforts of customer retention into an offensive movement, all right? People often think of retention as a secondary item, but I can tell you right now that retention is the most important thing that you could possibly understand how to do in your business or your life 
All right, if we're talking about personal brand, that means keeping every single person you meet in a positive mindset, viewing you in a positive light after they walk away forever. Okay, so learn how to tie these two things together. But most people focus on quote unquote acquisition or offense, and they don't understand how powerful retention can be. Retention is the offense if you do it right. All right, and you can multiply. And, and get exponential returns by doing customer retention the proper way. Uh, most people that speak about business, they're always speaking about acquisition. They're always talking about where to find the customers. Well, let me, let me pose this question to you. Let's say you find the honey hole of customers, the holy grail, where there's unlimited customers and there's, there's so much opportunity to gain new customers and new eyeballs on your business. And let's say you, you, all, you find that. Well, first of all, it doesn't exist, all right? Because there is no honey hole of unlimited customers. Anywhere you live, there's always going to be an end to the number of customers that are going to be interested in your product. And a lot of businesses do not understand or operate this way. You have to be of the mindset that there's only so many customers out there, not that there's unlimited customers out there. Because if you are in the mindset that there's unlimited customers out there, it makes it hard for you to get everybody in your company fired up to retain every single customer. All right. So you first things first, you have to realize that there's a limited number and your job is to capture that number and keep that number as long as possible. All right. That's the first step. The second step to retaining customers and understanding, understanding retention in terms of your, because your whole organization has to understand this. Right now, that might just be you. But if it's not just you and it's you and 50 other people, you've got to get everybody focused on it because if they're not focused on it, they won't execute on it properly. You have to understand the lifetime value of a customer. Most people say, oh, well, the lifetime value of a customer is they buy $100 a year for me for 10 years. So, you know, that's $1,000. Well, no, it's not because. That person that you talk to has 10 other friends that could potentially buy $100 from you a year also. So with 10 other friends times the same math that we just did, what is that? That's $100,000, okay? You guys just don't understand that people have exponential potential to spread word of mouth around your business or, or your product or your service. And so what they're always trying to do is they're trying to acquire, 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 when in reality, the acquisition is the easy part. The retention is the hard part. So let's say you don't have good retention model built into your company, all right? You're going to go find this place where there's, let's say, a 1,000 customers. You're going to advertise to them, send them a compelling message. You're going to get that 1,000 people to come to you, all right? And what's going to happen? They might buy something once, but they're not going to buy it a second time. And what are they going to say to their 10 friends? Instead of saying, hey, go see Andy, they're going to say, hey, yeah, I tried Andy's product, I tried his service, I tried his company. Guess what? I'm not going to go back there. So now, just because you found that little hole full of customers and you don't, because you don't have your model set up properly on the backside to retain people and understand that's where your offense comes from, you just created a situation where you speed the demise of your company. Okay? Now you're accelerating negative word of mouth. It's the death rattle of most companies. Most companies advertise way too early. They get aggressive on acquisition way too early before they've developed the proper retention model internally. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today is how do we retain people that come into 
our model as opposed to letting people come in and flush out on the back end and not keep them. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes total sense. We can handle this however you want, but can we go way back here and start with like an initial encounter, an initial impact? Excuse me, not an impact. An initial encounter. Uh, let's say you have a guy that comes and and you know is interested, walks into one of your stores, is interested. Seems like they're going to pull the trigger on buying something, but they don't. But they are committed at least that they give you some they give you some contact info. You know, like sure, let me know if you have any sales or if you have anything that I might be interested in. What is your counsel for for first starting where where that customer is? Like, how do you follow up with that customer to turn a lead that's not completely cold that this may be kind of warm? How do you bring it then to the full the full uh, status of a of a of, you know a full fledged customer? Does that make any sense? What yeah, I just yeah, said? totally, okay. totally. Um, so. Okay, so let me let me let me give you an example. Okay, okay. so because this is what sparked this whole topic that I ran by you. Okay, so we my so my wife and I were we're looking to refinance. Okay, okay. and the and the guy that has contacted us is uh, we're doing a special refinancing for well, frankly, for physicians because right. physicians get special right. interest rates. So anyway, he, he so starts... So it's that sugar mama shit I was telling right, you about. Right, 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 exactly. Before the podcast. As, as I told Andy, we live on my income. I was teasing, I was teasing, <laughs> teasing Vaughn about a sugar mama doctor. Yeah, right. We live on my income, just so you know, because I, <laughs> I draw everything from the life of podcasts and riches. But uh, but no, so, so but this was really it's fascinating because, lifestyle. because between you, excuse me, between my wife and I, we are very busy. So this guy initially finds out that we're interested in this this loan. Right. He starts, uh, he starts contacting my wife about it because she's the okay. doctor, right? So, he's, but the way that he's following through is just number one, he's being a, a real pest. Like he's he's too pushy. Right. He's making her feel guilty when she doesn't have the time to answer all these questions. Right. But then when she finally does get the time, he's not responding. Okay. He's almost. It's almost like, well, I gave you your chance. And now, now, now I, I don't have the time because you're obviously not s- serious about it. So I thought of that and I thought, well, what would you, in your situation, I mean, what would you do? Like, literally, if you had somebody come into the, one of the stores, they seem like they were really interested in the product. Well, let me stop you right there. Okay. Okay. First of all, that's classic sales. Okay. All right. Classic sales is harass the fuck out of someone until they buy from you. Here's right. the problem. It do, it works, okay. If you if you never quit and you never say no and you never say die and you fucking harass the shit out of somebody, it works a lot of times. But why does it work? It works because you're beating someone down so hard that they eventually say yes, so you leave them the fuck alone. All right, and that works. Except we're in a different era now. Now we're in an era where word of mouth and retention is everything. When we were in the TV era, in the radio era, in the print era for the last you know, before the last 15 years where it was 70 years straight, no internet, all right, somebody could sell you like that, but you don't have any real way to spread word of mouth. Like, we don't have Angie's List. We don't have uh, Amazon reviews. We don't have Facebook or Instagram where we can fucking tweet out uh, a message and say, hey, Joe Blow insurance guy is a piece of shit, and here's why. We didn't have that, all right? Now we do. So while you might be able to make a sale like that one time, you're cutting yourself short on the retention. I call it retention aggression because it is 
you are cutting the ability for that person to refer their friends and that person refer their friends and you to build a network that spiders out with very little acquisition effort that you would naturally have if you just cared about the person and took care of them. You see what I'm saying? So that's old school shit. And a lot of people still teach that. If you listen to some of the older sales programs, it's never give up, never stop calling, never do this, blah, 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 blah. That's the shit that you did before anybody could tell on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like stealing from the cookie jar, but nobody could fucking say anything. Right. But now yeah. everybody can say everything. So like, you know, you don't want to do that. Right. Right. And I still, and I'm with you, dude. That's the most annoying shit ever. Like if somebody does that to me, I will straight up tell them, I'll give them a fucking sales lessons right on the spot. Right. So let me, let me, let me. And I'll tell you a good way to get out of that too. If people do that, yeah. just for everybody listening, this is the best way to get out of that situation. When so, and like financial planners are really fucking bad about this because they'll call you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Like, just tell them, be like, look, bro, I got a family member that does that. I'm obligated to use them. It is what it is. Right. And they can't say right. anything. No, that's you know what I'm saying? Right. They'll leave you alone. But yeah. So playing devil's advocate, though, because I had a buddy who who's in a similar business, but he's in another state. And if okay? I ever say that to you, that means you're being fucking annoying. Right. <laughs> P.S. Right. So so my friend said, well, Vaughn, in fairness to this guy, he may be motivated by the right thing because the interest rates are going to go up. Right. So he may be, be like, man, I got to get this customer to move because okay. they're going to lose out on this. Uh-huh. What would you say to that? It doesn't matter what his intentions are if he's executing the wrong way. That's how you perceive it. It doesn't matter what your intentions are as a salesperson. If somebody perceives you to be pushy or angry or or uh, doesn't have their best intentions in mind, you're communicating it the wrong way. You could be aggressive with somebody and still well-intentioned and communicate that. It's really fucking easy. You know what I mean? But the way you're perceiving it is probably the, the way it is. You know, like perception's reality. And like we, we just talked about this last night. We had a meeting here in the office about, uh, <clears throat> you know, how – it doesn't matter, like in business, like it doesn't matter. And I have a guy, we have a guy who we're all dealing with, and I'm not going to mention his name right now because I'm going to give him a chance to do right. But I will fucking mention his name if it doesn't get done right. Who we've all been waiting on a certain product for since fucking October when it was promised at the end of October to us. And not one of us has received that product. Not one. And we're talking about shit, we're talking about twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 worth of product. It's been promised over and over and over and over again. And all this, every time, it's this other person's fault. It's this, it's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. It's this fault. That shit don't matter. Because what's happening is you, it's your fucking fault to us. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, like, it doesn't matter what someone's intentions are. What matters are, are the results. And that's it. All right? So, you could be the most well-intentioned salesperson, but if someone's perceiving you to be pushy and annoying, and, and that, that's what they're going to tell their friends. You see, what would you right. tell your friends about that guy right now? You tell him what you just Boy, told us. Yeah, I, right? I, would, I would say. So yeah. it doesn't matter if he if he if he has good intentions, because if he has good intentions, you don't understand that. So he's not right. communicating properly. Right. Right. You get what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And, you and know, if he had good intentions, he was still annoying. This is what you would say. Yeah, Joe Bob over at fucking insurance company. You know, he's a really good guy. I like him a lot. He's just a little bit annoying. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, and you would even stick up for him. Right. You would stick up for him if you knew that he was trying with your intentions of mind. You'd be like, yeah, he's a little annoying, but like, I like him because his intentions are good. Right. And it would be good word of mouth. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, it is. So, interesting. You, so, so my point in saying this is that like the first step to retaining a customer is to understand what their pro- solution to their problem is and make sure that you understand that is your problem. 
It's your obligation to communicate that. It's not their obligation to understand that. Right. Okay? You hear a lot of salespeople say this. Oh, you know, I did what I did, but they didn't get it. No, they didn't get it because you didn't fucking communicate it right. It's your fault. It's not their fault. Always. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. So... When you are talking to a customer, you have to make sure that you're communicating that their intentions are what you're trying, their best intentions are what you're trying to solve, okay? What what am I trying to solve? I'm, I've got your best intentions in mind. I want to solve this problem for you the most effectively I can. That's where sensory acuity comes in, all right? A lot of people don't know what sensory acuity means, but it's your ability to basically read someone's state while they're experiencing the state. And a good way to learn this is to have a retail job. Because in retail, you get to see people's fucking face. You get to see their body language. You get to see the where they're reacting. And most retail jobs on earth are commission-based jobs. So you are on commission. You feel the pressure to make a sale. But you also have to make sure that you're getting the customer the right thing. You're making them happy so that they come back and they tell their friends. So it's a balance, right? Like, I don't want to just sell shit because I get paid today. I want to sell shit so this person brings back every single person they know. And there's two ways of, you know, there's only one way to do it right. There's two ways of doing it. There's one way of doing it right. You could push hard and get today's sale and then be starving in fucking 60 days. Or you could fucking do the right thing today and in 60 days you won't have to worry about starving. You see what I mean? So you have to understand and be able to read somebody's face and, and you have to be able to sense somebody's vibes and people are like what's that mean what's vibes right vibes are a real thing have you ever been in a room with like let's say you've been in a room and somebody walks in and all of a sudden like you get like a like a dark feeling almost like a bad feeling oh yeah okay every time, you, Ty, every time tyler walks in here yeah i get a i get a gay feeling when he walks in <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying i just can't wait for him to come out and tell us so that we don't have to make fun of him anymore one of these days right i know but so my point is is that that's a real thing. Right. That's not you imagining that. That's them putting that vibe out. That's why gut react, gut feelings are so important. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that mm-hmm. sometime later. But that person's putting that vibration out and you're picking it up. And right. you just got to be able to t- pay attention to it. A lot of people will feel those vibrations and then they, they, they like trick themselves into thinking, oh, I'm just imagining that. No, you're not. If you're feeling that way about someone, there's something off there. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. the same thing with a customer. You're talking to a customer, you're showing them this or talking to them about that, or you know, and all of a sudden it gets kind of weird. That's because you just made it fucking weird, right? You know what I mean, right? And when that happens, and everybody who's listening, if you can't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to start paying attention because this sh- usually most people know this is very obvious feeling, right? It's like when you're talking to a hot girl. And everything's going well, and then you say something, and like she doesn't laugh, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh fuck, what do I do? You know what I mean? And that's when you make a that's when you make a really dumb joke and call yourself out, or you tell her she's got a booger in her nose, and right. she'll get embarrassed, and it breaks the weirdness. But anyhow, the point is, is that you have to understand when that weirdness comes, it's because of something that you did. So you have to be able to say that. So like, let's say I'm talking to you, and I start to feel that. That's whenever I'm going to want to take a step back, and I'm going to say, oh hey, look. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no, I I can tell you think I'm being a little aggressive here. I'm not trying to be aggressive. I'm just excited about getting you this result. Here's why this is why this is best for you. And I don't want you to leave here without that information, because if you leave here without that information, you're going to go to the competitor down the street. They're going to tell you, and then I'm going to look like I didn't do my job. Right. So I'm not pressuring you. I'm just, you know, trying to show you what you need to do. It's just something as simple as that. 
Well, what you and then what, usually what happens is the customer steps back and they're like, oh, no, 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 it's cool, I get it, I get it, let's, come on, let's go on. Like, it's all about acknowledging the moment and not just trying to beat your way through it. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, like, that, it's the same, it's very similar to what I said about just, like, a hot chick. Like, if you're a dude and you're trying to pick up a hot chick and it gets awkward, make a fucking joke about it, about how awkward it is, <laughs> and then it'll break it up, and then all of a sudden it's normal again. You know what I mean? Right, Like. Right. What you're what you're referring to as sensory acuity to me is the larger issue that that's a part of is just the idea of being able to see things from the perspective of your customer. And I told my wife, I said, you know, like in this situation, literally the only thing the guy had to do was to call and say, hey, Dr. Kohler, this is so-and-so from such-and-such mortgage. Hey, I know I've called a lot of times. I don't want you to feel pressured at all. I'm trying to do my, I'm too, trying to do my due diligence to make sure that you know that the interest rates are going to go up. But I understand that you yeah, are very if, busy. And if you guys are interested. Don't feel like you have yeah. to call me back. Right. I'm just, you know, I'm going to keep on going with That's this right. until you tell me That's otherwise. That's right. That's it. That's all he had that, to do. So, so when I train my guys, I call that taking a step back. Yeah. All right. So that's. That's what that. That's what I call it. Right. It's time to take a step back. And what I mean by that is say, all right, you're no, you're no longer selling. You're trying to repair the relationship because you crossed that line. That's why I call it taking a step back. You stepped over the line of annoying someone or pressuring someone or giving someone a bad feeling about you, and you have to fix it. Okay. And you can do that through a phone call. You can do that through an email. You can do that through a lot of different ways. The best is in person, but it's the best to do exactly what you just said. Hey, look, and call out your annoyance. Hey, look. I've been, I know I've been, and whatever that blank is, fill it in. Oh, I know I've been annoying. I know I've been persistent. I know, I know I've been this. Listen, I'm not trying to, you know, bother you guys. I just want the best for you guys. And I'm excited about it. And, you know, if you want, call me back. If not, no big deal either. I just want you to know that, you know, I care about you guys getting the result that you're looking after. And, you know, you have my number, so call me. And you have to take a step back. Right. You know, and if you're good at sales, you'll never have to take a step back because you'll fucking start to feel people. That's what separates master salespeople from people who who are are struggling as sales. Because master salespeople are so good at sensory acuity that they never cross the line. A lot of people think a master salesperson is somebody who pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds on somebody until they give in. That's not it. The master salesperson is the person who can sell somebody something and them think it's their idea to buy it from you every time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. People people are way more accepting of their ideas than yours. So it's your job to present the product and solution in a way that makes them think like, yeah, this is a great fucking idea. I'm all in. And, you know, it's not pressure, man. It's about building rapport and building a relationship. You know, so sensory acuity is a huge deal. And the reason it's a huge deal is because, and the reason why people, I know people are listening right now and they're like, well, you know, people sell, they sell, it doesn't matter. No, it does fucking matter because the difference is, is the person that you pound on is not going to refer their friends to you. And the person that you get to build a relationship with and actually genuinely care about. And the reason I say actually genuinely care about, because a lot of people will hear that and say, oh, I got to pretend like I care. No, I'm fucking telling you to actually care because when you actually care, then you don't pressure people. When you actually care about somebody getting the result they're after, you don't cross the line because they're your friend. And if you start thinking of them as your friend, then you're not going to do things to your friends that you would fucking, you know, that would be negative to them or have them perceive you as negative. You would take care of them as if they were your fucking grandma. You know what I mean? So, uh, and the reason you do that is because even though you might be able to sell shit both ways today and get a dollar in your bank account today, one of them is going to produce a lot of fruit down the road and the other one isn't. And the other one's actually going to take fruit out of your basket because they're going to go be like, dude, I went in there. I didn't have a good experience. See what I mean? Right. 
whether you're talking about sales or customer service or customer retention, what keeps on coming back to me again and again and again is you telling people you have to be radically oriented for the customer, not yourself. It's not about you. It's about the other person. Always. Always. And that that's what's that's what I'm hearing right now. Right. Is is, is maintenance is it's not seeing things Dude, about look, what do I the need? Biggest thing, what is the, the biggest need? problem that people run into with this concept is that they think they can manipulate it. All right. They can fake it. They think they're 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 an actor and they're playing a part. Every single person listening right now knows when they're getting sold versus when they're getting taken care of. It's two different fucking things. You you no matter how and I'm telling you right now. You're listening right now, and I will bet anybody listening ten thousand fucking dollars that I will outsell anybody on any product at any given time, no matter what, because I'm fucking great at it. Okay, so if you think you could got it, fucking take me up because I'll fucking kick your ass, and I'm not that good. I can't fake it. Get it? Mm-hmm. I can't fucking fake somebody that I care about them. People know they sense it. They know intuitively whether you care or whether you're trying to pretend to care. And a lot of people hear what I say and they think, oh, I'm going to pretend to care and I'll get it. No, you won't. You won't. You'll be the cheesy fucking car salesman that everybody, you know, that, what's that movie, True Lies? Where that dude yeah. fucking drives yeah. around in that Corvette, pretends like it's his? That'd be you yeah. with a fucking cheap hairpiece. If you actually care, you'll be the dude owning 20 dealerships. That's the, that's the reality. So it's not manipulating. I'm not manipulating... And pretending and acting to care, I really care because when you actually care, you solve the problem. You don't just try to sell shit. And when you solve the problem without trying to just sell shit, people have a great experience. They tell their friends. You get more opportunities to solve more problems and so on and so on and so on, which is how we built our companies into a hundred plus million dollar company with virtually zero outside advertising Mm -hmm. comparatively. Mm -hmm. That's how we did it. Your retention, great retention, is your best offense, not acquisition. Right. And people just, you know, you don't hear that enough. If ever, I don't know anybody that talks about it. It's the be- it's the greatest thing ever. We live in a retention era. Like if you're if you're a good retainer, if you have a good enough model, if you solve people's problems, they'll do the marketing for you. They'll do the the advertising for you. They will bring you the customers. You won't have to fucking worry about nothing. You know, you take one customer, you turn them into two. It's not complicated. It's very, it's very simple. Right. Right. So you and your brother always talk about make a friend, make a sale. Right. How does that principle look different before you have established somebody as a customer and after? Okay. For, uh, first of all, everybody's your customer at some point. No matter what product you're selling, it's likely that somebody's going to need what you have at some point. So you can't just think of them as a customer or a potential customer when you need them to be a customer. Mm-hmm. You need to be thinking about that long before and long after because times are going to come. For example, fitness products. You know, people try to lose weight 20 fucking times a year. People try to gain, you know, this is going to be the week I start. This is going to be the Monday. If I only worried about them on Monday, then – when am I going to get them the 20 other times that they do it for the year? Hmm. You see what I mean? What, right. about, what if you only worry about somebody when they need tires versus actually being in front of their face for years until, you know, they actually do need it. And then it's an automatic choice. You're not competing with anybody. It goes for almost every product. People are going to need a product a certain point in time. So you have to realize that you have to be on all the time. 
So how you treat somebody before the sale is going to be, yeah, I'm going to make this person think. That's what we went back. To. We're going back to what I said in the beginning of the podcast, where if you're a person, you're a brand. And your brand has to be strong so that when those people have whatever problem it is, they need a set of tires, let's say, they're going to automatically call you. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then after the sale, it's the same thing. You're going to still, you're not going to just quit on them. And a lot of companies do this too, man. They just quit on people after the sale, not giving any thought to like that person's mom, that person's dad, that person's friends, that person's brother, sister, their Facebook friends, their Instagram followers, and all the fucking potential opportunity that one single person holds. So why the fuck would you quit after the sale? Why don't you follow up with them? Why don't you call them, see how things are going? Why don't you make sure that they're still doing well on their fitness program? Why don't you make sure their tires are still working? Send them a cart. There's a million fucking ways to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just got to get creative and do it your own little way. But, you know, that person, just because they bought from you today, that doesn't mean that yet relationship is over today. It's just starting. Because you're not trying just to sell that person. You're trying to sell their whole fucking universe. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And the only way you do that is by making a true friend. Right. I don't even like to say the word sell because I don't even think it's relative. I think it should be help. Right. You know, you're going to help people solve a problem. Right. If you're really helping people solve a problem, are you really selling anything or is it selling itself? That's a good point. So you've said in other podcasts, uh, you've talked about this whole concept of being the guy, meaning being just like a, a multifaceted resource. Right. And you've made the point that, you know what, don't just think of yourself as providing you know, a product, like a specific product, just think of yourself as really providing anything the person needs. Right. So for those of who uh, of our uh, listeners who haven't actually, I, I think that was in Solve Problems or Die Trying, I forget. But for those of you who haven't listened to that episode, Andy, why don't you share that concept of just being the guy? Well, and I'm assuming you think it yeah. relates to this. Wait, thinking what? I'm assuming you think it relates to this topic. It does. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude. Because that's the way you can provide value before the sale, before they need your product. You could be the guy who connects them with whatever they're looking to solve today just because they're not going to buy your product today. And a lot of people neglect that value or that opportunity to provide value because it doesn't serve them immediately. But you can't be thinking about what's going to serve me today. You have to understand that, dude, your money and your livelihood and your ability to make a living lies within every single person you come in contact with. So if you're only worried about them when you need something from them, you're going to struggle in business. It's going to be really hard for you to do anything. So what you have to do is you have to, you know, and a great way to provide, a lot of people are like, well, if I sell tires, and I use tires because it's about as generic as you can get. Right. All right. There's nothing more generic than tires. I sell tires. How do, what do I, you know, how do I bring the, you know, make a difference to them today? Well, you can do all sorts of things. How about, you know, you have a conversation with somebody and they say, oh, you know, my shingles on my roof are getting bad, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I have a great guy. Let me connect you to so that, you know, he'll take care of you and we'll make that happen real real easy. Or how about um, they, they mention something like, you know, anything, like anything. Oh, my, son, my son's soccer team lost their sponsor, so, you know, we've got to buy Gatorade for the, the kids now. Like just imp- something casual. And then you show up at the game with a fucking bucket full of Gatorade one time. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, dude, but people aren't willing to do those things. Those are the things that I've done my entire life. Right. Those are the things that that we've done as a company our entire existence. Those have made us. Because like I said, we've spent almost zero dollars on advertising in the big picture to get, get us where we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all about providing value. So you have to look outside your specific area 
to provide that value. So when you provide value, uh, it can be a million different ways, you know, and that's another term that is overused, just like self-awareness. We talk about, you know, providing value. Most people don't know what the fuck it means. It things like clipping a coupon or offering a discount on their own product. No, we're talking about helping people solve a fucking problem that they have and you being the guy to solve it. So then whenever they say, oh, I solved this problem and Steve helped me solve it. Now, all of a sudden they have a positive image in their mind of you. And whenever they need whatever it is that you have. They're going to come to you. And guess what? The more shit that you have to offer, the more times they're going to come to you, which is a whole nother topic about diversifying your businesses. But, you know, we can get into that some other time. Yeah. Can, can I be real specific about something here? So I used to work very briefly in, in development, which is basically fundraising. I worked for a college and we used a software where basically, you know, it tracked your interactions with a person over time. And it would literally have a place where it would say, okay, well, so you met with so-and-so on, you know, February 1st, 2003, what happened? And you'd write down what happened and you'd make notes like, oh, uh, Joe told me that he loved the Denver Broncos right. or Joe has two, right. two kids. I mean, is it a stretch to say, tell your guys to do that, right? Why, why would you that? not? Yeah. would be fucking stupid not to. Right. Why would you not take notes on people? You can only, keep, you can only track so much shit, Right. Right. Why would you not take notes? Right. Like you'd be stupid not to develop a little system that that you could take notes on people's conversations so you could bring them up next time. You know what I mean? Right. I and mean, I why would you I not do that? I don't think people even think of that. No, way. they don't because people are stupid. Period. And that's our podcast for yeah. the day, folks. No, they don't think about. It. <laughs> no, Listen, no. most of these motherfuckers in business shouldn't even be in business. Right. The questions I get asked and the people that operate businesses is a fucking joke. Right. You know what I mean? Like, dude, there's fucking Google. There's fucking all kinds of books. There's all kinds of shit. I talk to you about this all the time. It's fucking annoying. Right. You know, dude, look, you have to be all invested. You have to be invested all the way in. It can't be a fucking half-ass investment. You're going to become a multimillionaire. It isn't going to fucking happen. So if you're not thinking about how to retain your customers and you haven't thought about taking notes on conversations you have with customers, then your fucking brain isn't working properly as an entrepreneur. And you're stupid. That's right. it. I'm sorry. If it hurts your fucking feelings, it hurts your fucking feelings. But the reality is, is the only way you get a fucking multi-million dollar fucking uh, income, not sales, personal income, is by caring about shit like that. Right. You know? And so, yeah, it is stupid to me. Right. You know? I so, mean, a word that I would use that's very close to caring, too, is is just being interested in people. You have to be a student of your customers. Yeah. You, I mean, but that's, that's, what, that's, that's similar to caring, yeah, yeah. but it's also no, no. a little bit more yes. no, intentional. You, dude, you should be a, you should be a student of the sales process. Like it should be, it should be so interesting and so enamoring to you. And like that you're, you're studying every little detail of what works and what doesn't like, dude, I have this issue with my own guys because some of my guys, they just don't fucking get it. You know, they think it's an accident. It's not a fucking accident. It's a skill. You and and dude, you, you the good thing about retail is you get a hundred fifty fucking practices a day at getting better. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And like, dude, when I was working the retail floor, I fucking loved it. I still love it. It's my favorite thing to do. Like, people would come in. I would talk to them. I would take notes. I'd be like, all right, I did this, 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 good. I did this and this, pretty shitty. You know what I mean? And right. I would talk to the guy working with me, and I'd say, dude, I fucking did these three good. I did this too shitty. You know, remind me to do this better next time. So I would coach him up as we're, co you see what I mean? Right. And it yeah, becomes yeah. a fucking game. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not about how much I sold. It's just about executing properly every time. And if you're not that interested in make like, like, dude, I hear these people in business are like, I'm fucking terrified of sales. Well, you're going to suck in business. 
Right. You know what I mean? You got to sell shit. Right. Sales is fun, dude. It's exciting. It's 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 a game. And that's how you have to think about it. Like, you know, hey, I went in, I talked to this guy. He was hard as fuck, but dude, I'm going to get him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's got to be a game. It can't be like this thing that crushes your soul and you're like, oh, I hate it. And I never want to fucking, you know, I'm good at bank. I'm good at numbers. And lo, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you can't sell fucking shit, you're going to suck as an entrepreneur. Right. But it does go back to what you said about it's not even really selling. It's 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 helping. So if you hate it, do you, that's what do I'm you, saying. Do you help? Yeah, but do you hate, the reason they hate people, dude, the, exactly. The reason they fucking hate it is because they're they're trying to be like these old school, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, fucking salespeople, mm-hmm. where they just pound on people. Nobody likes that to do that. I mean, some people like to do that, but nobody likes receiving it. Mm-hmm. So people that actually care have issue with going that way. When in reality, if they just cared openly and thought of it as caring and helping and solving a problem, they'd probably be the best salespeople on fucking earth. Right. You see what I mean? Right. Because those people, the reason they have an issue with the push and the hard call and, 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 you know, making closing and all this shit is because that's all pre fucking internet sales tactics. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Now we're talking about reality. We're talking about humanity. We're talking about actually building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Those people who have a hard time being that old school sales guy usually excel really strongly at being the new school salesperson, which is the person who can actually build a relationship and care about someone. But they're just looking at it like they have to do it the old school way. And it's making them struggle to a point where they dread every single moment of having to do that process. And you should dread it because it's the wrong fucking way. Right. Right. You know, I I half jokingly tell people sometimes that I really owe my this whole MFCEO partnership to your late great bulldog Oscar mm-hmm. because I, I tell him that like the first day that I met Andy I went into your office and you had this big picture of Oscar there yeah. and I was like you know what I, I'm genuinely interested in why yeah. he has a picture because I'm a dog guy yeah. you're a dog guy yeah. so I asked you and of course you love talking about Oscar yeah. and I think we talked about it for like half an hour yeah. and and I remember I, a couple of people have been like oh yeah I gotta use that and I go no 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 Exactly. You don't, you don't use right. it. Exactly. You. I mean, you use it, but you use Dude, it how, because you genuinely are Vaughn, interested. How can you not find one thing interesting about another human? I, that's a good question. It's impossible. Yeah. So your job as a salesperson is to find that thing and have a real conversation about it to build that friendship. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, hey, dude, I, you know, like if Tyler were here and I didn't know him, and actually this is how I met Tyler. I would say, I would say, this is actually really funny, a really funny analogy. So- I would say, dude, because Tyler drives a fucking sick Z06 Corvette. And I'm like, I'd be like, dude, that is fucking sick. How, how do you like it? And I let him talk about it. And I'd right. be like, dude, this is what I like about it. And we would talk about cars for like an hour, which is actually kind of funny because that's how I met him is in a car dealership. We were both in there looking at cars. That's how we met. Huh. And then he go, he was wearing one of my shirts. I said, hey, nice shirt. He goes, yeah, I applied to work for you, but you didn't fucking hire me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay, so let me back up here. Just uh, So to start with what we said. But that, all right, look at that. Yeah. Let's use that for an example. Here Tyler is, who's built a fucking career here and is going to continue to build an amazing career with our company and with the MSCEO project. And the only way, the only way that we would ever connected is by us both being those kind of people who build a, a conversation about random shit, Right. So we didn't do that inside. We didn't do it when he was here for an interview. The motherfucker would have never got an interview if we hadn't done that. So you've got to be able to do that everywhere. 
because you never know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that you owned the company until you said. Yeah. Because I, I remember I was getting ready to change. Yeah. And you go, hey, nice shirt. And I'm like, thanks. And you're like, I own, I run supplement superstores. And I'm like, oh, well, thanks for hiring me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, um, okay, just backtracking and recapping a little bit for our uh, our note takers. So basically the difference between being a genuinely uh, authentic salesperson who is persevering and one who's just being a past is orient yourself to the other person. Have developed the skills of sensory acuity. Put yourself in the mind and life of the other person. Orient yourself to their life and their needs. And that's how you need to approach. Uh, Don't just be there when you need something. Be there all the time. And then don't just consider yourself a resource for your particular product or service, but consider yourself the guy. A resource, period. A resource, period. Right. And, as you said, be genuinely uh, caring and interested yeah. in the person. I mean, this ain't Dude, rocket science. This, no, it's not. But the reason, it's ro- the reason it is rocket science, I was just thinking this as you were talking, is because everybody's read all the sales books, right? Like everybody who's ever been a salesman, they've read the books. Right. You know, you got to cold call these people and you got to prospect this way and you got to do this this way and you got to got to close with these statements. And what happens is, while all that shit may work, you you get rigid, okay? Because you're not a natural salesperson and this doesn't come natural to you. See, like to a real salesperson, someone who has it in their blood... It's it's fucking natural. Like like prosp- finding new customers is easy. You know, solving a problem for the customer and getting them to agree that that's a good idea is easy. Closing the deal is easy. It's not a swagger confidence thing that people think it is. They think it's like this magical thing. It's just that it it's a natural thing that we have conversation with people. So whenever we have conversations with people, we naturally want to solve their problems. But the but here's the reason it gets confusing for people because people like myself who are great salespeople or my brother who's even better salesperson than I am top notch top class world class sales guy tries to break down their method in a step by step fashion and it becomes this for the for the person who's not a, a someone who it doesn't come so naturally to they get rigid and they try to think like oh I got to talk to this guy my pro- my opening statement's going to be this my middle statement's going to be this my closing proposition is going to be this and it like they mm-hmm. They fucking fl- f- crash and burn, dude, because there's no real connection, and they can tell it's like so robotic. So I guess like the the biggest thing that people need to understand is that that's not how this has to be. That's the old way, and you trying to do it because someone else tells you this is the way to do it might not be the right way for you. Okay, it might not be your quote unquote style. Sales is real simple. You're there to provide a solution. You're there to provide a service. You're there to provide a product that solves people's wants or needs. It's very simple. And if you have that product and they have that problem, your job is just to fucking match them together. And that's it. And if you can do that and you can comprehend that and you can have a fun conversation in the middle, you're going to be a great salesperson. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But people overcomplicate it because they think it needs to be this fucking robotic thing. Right. It's ve- like you said, it's not rocket science, man. It's fucking simple. So here's an interesting parallel or an interesting analogy. There are studies upon studies that sh- prove that when a public speaker gets up in front of a huge crowd and shows some evidence of being genuinely nervous, the audience begins to sympathize and they begin to root for that person and they want them to succeed. I think it's interesting that some of the people who have been very successful selling me things in the course of my life 
are not slick. You know, nobody likes slick. Right. They're actually people that are maybe a little mousy, right? But they know their stuff and they genuinely care. Right. And I'm like, that dude is so great. I don't care if he's stumbling through his sales presentation. I'm going to buy from this guy. Exactly. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Because they're fucking human, dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's why having this polished fucking routine is stupid. You don't need to. That's what I guess that's the message that you guys should take from this if you're trying to like better yourself as a salesperson is that, dude, polished isn't perfect. You know, imperfect is perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's like, dude, it's like people like the most attractive people are not the most perfect looking people. They're the people who have like little quirks or Mm -hmm. like things about them, but they still like scars. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Make you super handsome. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but they, they still have the confidence. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's the most attractive kind of people. And like, uh, you know, I think with, with people's, they just take it too serious, man. They think that every client is like, is like the last client they're ever going to see. Well, if that's the case, then you should genuinely try to fucking solve the problem. So they tell people that you're good at solving the problem. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. It's that, it's that simple, man. And well, I've got one more question to, 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 to follow everything up, but let's take a, just a break to, to share the social media context. Andy is at Andy Frisella on pretty much everything except for Snapchat, which is at MFCEO dash one. You're also uh, facebook.com forward slash Andrew, uh, Andrew dot Frisella guys. I can't imagine that you don't know where our, Website is, but it's the MFCEO. There's no dot in his Andrew Frisella on Facebook. Oh, isn't there? No, there's not. Okay, so just Andrew Frisella. Frisella. Um, and then I can't Why imagine... Why are you trying you to fuck our customers all up? I know, I'm doing a good job. Um, if you don't know where our website is, it's the MFCEO.com. Not MFCEO. That'll take you to a Japanese site or Chinese or something. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of, those, one, of your, uh, one of your massage parlors? It, yeah, I think so. I don't know anything about that. Um, but it's themfceo.com. Tyler is at my Tyler M A I underscore T Y L E R on pretty much everything. He doesn't really do anything but snap. And- yeah, guys, and look, you know, we don't we don't charge for these podcasts. We got a ton of information for free. Um, if you found the information helpful, all that I ask is that you please share and spread the word and share with a friend who might also find the information valuable. That's how we grow. That's how we live. That's how we breathe. Um, and you know, this is a movement. This isn't, this has been a little more practical of a podcast, but this movement that we're doing is out of necessity because I've recognized a big, huge hole in America where the reality has been replaced by idealism. Okay. So a lot of people are being taught how things should be and operate when how things should be in an ideal environment, as opposed to what reality is in real life and business and personal development. And that's what we bring here. And we bring like-minded people together who are tired of the bullshit. They're tired of the pussy shit. They're tired of the delicate snowflakes and the politically correct. And we just get down to the work and get it fucking done. Right. So if this, you know, if you know people like that, you know, spread the word for us because that's how we, that's how we roll over here. Absolutely. And I'm at Vaughn Kohler, V-A-U-G-H-N-K-O-H-L-E-R. And I'll just take a second to do the second official uh, Vaughn the Impaler Grand Pies prize. Which is now going this week to at GJ Books, who is, uh, this is Garrett Jones. He's a British Army infantry officer, or was. I think it's really cool, by the way, that we have international listeners, especially from uh, Great Britain. But Garrett Jones at GJ Books, 
Uh, this guy's a writer. He's done a good job building an empire. And uh, actually, one of his books is just got on USA Today bestseller. And he's very active. He listens to a lot of the MFCEO project, posts a lot about us. Um, congratulations for uh, getting a USA Today bestseller. I think it's called Blood Forest. It's like a damn. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's pretty heavy. It's like some sort. Of, it's, I think it's like about Roman centurions and stuff. That's a crazy. It really shit. paints yeah. a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Blood yeah, yeah. Blood Forest. <laughs> I don't go there. So uh, so anyway. Uh, Garrett, you are getting the uh, Vaughn the Impaler prize today. I'll, I'll probably send you out a... Uh, a uh, bro, Tyler, why are you laughing? Bro, don't... I mean, Blood Force is a pretty aggressive name, even for me, man. It's like, <laughs> what do you want to name your book? Kill fucking everyone. <laughs> like, dude, holy shit. You're just <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I believe, there's, like I a believe there's a link to his book on at <laughs> Everybody at go Instagram buy Blood Forest. Just don't kill yourself afterwards. <laughs> Seriously. It's got a pretty cool uh, cover, though. I, I, like I can it, imagine. But, uh, yeah. Like, what are you so. picturing in your head right now? I'm picturing, like, trees bleeding. No, no, no. If you want me to be honest, I'm picturing... Between a girl's leg, very hairy, and oh on her God. period. Get the fuck out of here! Wow, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna move right on. But anyway, yeah. Garrett, congratulations! You get the, Dude, what the you, fuck? You get what the Vaughn the Impaler, uh, Grand Pies Prize. <laughs> There's something wrong with your fucking brain, son. Yeah, I, I'm not even a real. There's a reason he's the producer and doesn't get yeah, to talk yeah, too much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, now I'm gonna have to actually check the little box on iTunes that says, you know, because you're supposed to check the box that says if there's like off-color language in it, and if they catch you and you don't check it, they'll just don't like, you have nail to check. Cars every time? No, I, I just do the ex- explicit language. Oh. But anyway, hey, listen, thank you guys uh, for all of you guys who are Wait, uh, supportive. Of are our, we doing a Q and A or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Well, right. we can. We're doing a new feature. Well, hold we on, just start hold today. On. Yeah. All right, but you got to let me do my. Come like on, I said, man. The the, the, the Impaler the Grand Pies Prize. Oh. What is it? It's for anybody who's highly engaged in our in our project, and is a loyal supporter and is killing it in what they're doing. And like I said. Not just Has anybody it. sent you a pie yet? Not just killing it, but impaling it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Fucking tagline. That's going to be my tagline. Has anybody sent you a pie yet? Is that like a metaphor? No, like a pie. Oh, no, but I pie. did. I actually did after our last Why episode. Why are you guys so perverted, man? No, There's something no. wrong with you motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I'm not perverted. I'm just assuming you are. Is that why you, be, uh, why you quit being a pastor? I pretty You much. can handle the pressure? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> it's hard to have groupies as a pastor. You know? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. You so, gotta stop saying that. That's the one thing I don't like you. What do you say? What? Jesus. Don't use Jesus' name in vain. That's not I'm gonna use it in vain. It's not like I said, God damn it. Well, that's it's the same thing. No, it's not. Say blood force. That's literally <laughs> the only thing that makes my skin crawl. Oh, really? Yeah. Say Buddha instead. Jesus. Say Buddha. Buddha. Or Muhammad. Well, you probably forget it. Wait, what are you, we're gonna move on. Yeah, you're gonna say we're something gonna totally gonna racially insensitive. We're gonna no no no, we're gonna move on. Yeah. Anyway, um Vaughn's <laughs> gonna be asking Tyler to edit that shit out. Don't edit it out. I didn't say anything that needs to be edited. Yeah. Yeah. You almost anyway. did though. No, no, no. I, I got a lot of love for all people. All all Muhammad's all people. I genuinely do. <laughs> I genuinely do. Uh so what are we what are we doing now? Oh, Q and A. Do we have time for Q and A? Yeah, we got a fucking time. I okay. say what time we quit. All right. I want to do. I like Q and A's. They're my favorite All right. thing. So, guys, we got a couple Q and A's because uh, some of you. I think we should do like two Q and A's at the end of every show. Yeah. Okay. So here's the one from H Mac Three. That's Henry Mac. I know who that is. Do you know who that is? Yeah. His deep, meaningful question is, "What's your favorite candy?" Oh fuck. Favorite candy? Damn, dude. I like raisinettes. Like I can't stop eating those. Are you serious? Oh my god, I love them. I feel like that's a girl. That's the candy. most random ass no, candy dude. I think I've ever. What are you heard? talking about? Raisin? That's yeah, the those, shit. That's weird. Yeah, but I never would have guessed that. Hot tamales. Anybody man. No, no, would have no, that no. as tamales. their favorite? Are you serious? Yeah, Raisinets? Oh fuck, They're, dude. Come on now, Raisinet Nation. It's a thing. 
<laughs> hey, Raisinets, if you want to support no, Sponsor don't us. fucking send yeah, and don't send me any either because I'll fucking eat them all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, those things are addicting. Um, man. okay, Andy, it's, this is at from underscore the null, underscore null. I don't, I don't. What one trait is most admirable for a person to cultivate in themselves? <sighs> What's the context? Is it like for business or for? I, don't I think know. the ability to make friends. Oh, yeah, the ability to make friends because it's useful in every aspect. You know, if you can become good at having random conversation with people and meet people and, and I mean, dude, the world runs, it doesn't run on money, it runs on people. And if you can cultivate the ability to make friends and, and build genuine relationships, you're going to be successful. I like it. Yeah. Some of these are, are really interesting questions. They're not things that- I'll do want. another one because those are short. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of short ones. So this is a question, Andy, given the advance in technology, uh, what do you think the future of handmade items is? Do you think people will still appreciate them? This is a guy- I think Matt, people will appreciate them more. You think so? Yes, because At true craft board. Yeah, because oh. the more the more people become automated, and the more everything becomes mass produced, and the more everything becomes big business, the more appreciation and value there is for handmade items and personal connections and everything that is done on a small, you know, scale. So, yeah, I, I think handmade goods is gonna is gonna the value and and the ability to make good profit margins on those kind of items are gonna gonna go up, not down. Nice. Okay, here's a, this is a, another one to just your personal life. At Edward Van Mayle, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Andy, you've been very successful getting back into shape. What worked for you? Um, I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself to, to follow through on the program. You know, I don't, is he asking like what worked for me like technically? I think in, practi- in practical, like, oh, like, like oh. I mean, like Cardio. what I actually did. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So I'm like, assuming me- that's what like mentally asking. we did the transformation contest where I made it. So if I didn't get in shape, it would pretty much ruin my whole entire company. Yeah. Okay. So like that's the amount of pressure I put on myself to where I had to fucking do it. And I didn't have a choice. Um, and that's, that's what I mean when I talk about like putting yourself in a corner where yeah. you have zero option mentality, yeah. which we have an episode called zero Op- option mentality that you can listen to. Um, but you have to build the proper amount of pressure to follow through. It doesn't matter what you do as far as workouts or food or supplements or any of that shit if you're not going to follow through with it. So that's the number one thing. The other thing I did was, uh, you know, I bought all kinds of products from firstform.com. Are you guys even fucking listening? Because that was a joke. <laughs> it just wasn't funny. <laughs> all right. So anyway, no, I'm kidding. Um, I get them for free. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, you know, I did cardio every day. Um, five, six days a week for like 30 minutes uh, before I lifted because I like to do it before I lift. Then I weight lifted and, uh, and then that's pretty much all I did the whole time. And in the last like eight or nine weeks, I did cardio at, at uh, night as well. So I added in like a second session. Um, and then the last three weeks, I haven't done shit because I've been letting my body like recover because I, I went a year straight without having a day off really mm-hmm. unless I was like mm-hmm. sick. Um, and then I basically started up again yesterday. So I'm trying to make that second jump. You know, I dropped from two or three thirty down to two sixty. Now I'm back up to like two sixty five right now. And now I'm trying to get down to two forty. Yeah. So there's no question that making a public commitment commitment to huge. your goals helps. Yeah, people it's huge. To it's huge. Through. It's huge. Yeah. That, that's not enough for some people though. Like some people need to even do more than that. Like me, I have to come up with a way to actually destroy myself mm-hmm. if I don't follow through. Right. Otherwise I won't do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But like, if you're a young guy and you're single, and there should be a lot of motivation there, right. you know what I mean? But I like, you, you said that the Grand Cardone when we were down in Miami, like you, you can only, you know, go forward if your back is up against the wall. Yeah. 
a lot of people are like that, but a lot of people can't figure out how to. A lot of people shy away from pressure. I love pressure. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's you so, said you mm-hmm. purposely put yourself always, in that situation. Always in every every situation, like financially, uh, you know, business wise, everything I try to do, I try to put myself in as much pressure as possible. Right. You know. Right. Well, I have to admit, physical stuff's the one thing that I'm just just falling apart. Like 17 days in, I've worked out twice, so I got to get. I got to get with it. I got to figure out a way to motivate myself. It's, it's well, you could join the 2017 first form, $250,000 transformation challenge. I could do We're that. Give, we give away $250,000 every year for people who follow through on getting in shape. We should have, a, uh, you know what we should do? An MFCEO division? No, we should have a whole campaign. Like it's a contest. You win $50,000. It's called improve the impaler. And people, people, people vie to become my personal trainer and turn me into the rock. There nobody. See, here's the thing, though. Nobody's gonna turn you into shit. You're gonna turn yourself into shit. I know. That's that's, true, that's the thing. It's like people think they're gonna hire a trainer, buy some supplements, and do all this, and, and then all of a sudden it's gonna happen. You know, it just comes down to controlling what the fuck you eat and actually following through. That's probably true. You know, it's yeah. it's 100 percent true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two more quick questions. Um, is out, so Ekim knives? I assume that's how you say it. Asks is outsour is outsourcing a solution or selling out? What do you, I don't understand the question. I guess like outsourcing to other countries, outsourcing different services. I'm what? assuming. All right, look, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about here. This should be a it shouldn't even be a fucking question. Like, what do you, what the fuck do you mean? Is it selling out? If you can outsource something at a cheaper rate than what it would cost you here to make your family more money and put more food on the fucking table, what the fuck do you think? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like but playing devil's advocate, outsource doesn't mean go to fucking Japan. You no, can outsource solutions to America. Okay, outsourcing. So means, I think he means overseas. But so how Donald do you know Trump, he thinks? How do you know? I don't he know. Means but that? I assume I no. Always you think assume of, that because you think when that's because that's common language. Okay. There's plenty outsourcing. All that means is taking a problem and putting it onto another company who specializes in, in that in that field and letting them solve it. So gotcha. it could be customer, it could be uh, fulfillment, it could be packing your boxes, it could be answering your fucking phones. All that shit's available here in America. And, you know, I don't think that's what he meant, but, you know, mm-hmm. is outsourcing to other countries selling out your country? I don't believe so. That's fucking business. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I do everything American. That's what we do here. Everything we do is American. But... I don't think anybody's under specific. We 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 are in the position to make moral choices, and they won't kill us. If you're like starving and you're having trouble paying your bills, and this is the way you're going to do it, what do you mean selling out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like your no, fucking I, I business. Business is math. It's it's fucking one dollar. You make two dollars. Then you take one dollar and buy some new shit. And you take one dollar home. <laughs> it's fucking whatever makes that happen the easiest is what you fucking do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, lighthearted question to finish up. This guy is ask, asking, uh, this is at the dead underscore Lifsco, I guess is how you say it. Basically wants to know your your uh, tips for grooming a beard or, or recommended products. Dude, I use Dollar Beard Club product. I love the guys at Dollar Beer Club. I love their product. I've got to meet them because I love their product. So, like, when I, you know, when I talk about their product, they don't pay me. Um, I'm... I got to be friends with them because I started plugging their product on the fucking show because I liked it. Mm-hmm. And so I use Dollar Beer Club beard oil. I use their brush. I use uh, their cream that actually helps condition your skin underneath the beard so you don't get like flakes and shit. Because I've had a beard. I'm not a fucking hippie, hipster, 12, you know, one year beard wear. I've had a beard for five years straight at least. 
right. and on and off for probably 10 years. But um, I like Dollar Beer Club, man. And then, like, as far as, like, the trim, dude, the trim is the art. Like, you, like sometimes you fuck it up, though, and then you got to go extra short, and then it <laughs> sucks. And then you're like, why would I do that? But, like, the rule number one about beards is you don't ever fucking cut them off. Mm-hmm. So any of you pussies out there that fucking gave in to the I'm cutting my beard off shit, I feel sorry for you. You're not a no-shave November guy. You're just a no-shave period. I'm a no-shave. Yeah, yeah. I, I groom. I don't yeah. shave. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. I cut with scissors, and like sculpt, make it nice and pointy like a Viking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gives yeah. my face a nice angular shape yeah. as opposed to like a round fat face. I feel like you're one of those guys who like if you were in, if you were cast as an extra in some sort of like Viking movie or Braveheart, you really wouldn't have to do anything. No, I would just, just be, all, they'd, yeah. everybody would be like looking on Wikipedia yeah. like, who's that guy? Yeah. And then I would become fucking famous. <laughs> You'd be like, the, who's the guy in All I need is a break. Do you like 300? Like Fuck yeah, I like okay. 300. Right. Who doesn't like 300? All right. You didn't like it? No, I loved it. it I was, was going to say, you almost got fired from podcasts. No, I, I liked it. But that is, an, that is another one of the questions, which is what what's one of your favorite movies in terms of motivation? Oh, man. You know what movie I like? Walk to Remember? I've never seen that. What is that? <laughs> no, what I like is uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah, that's good. Because I like that movie because it's like a team effort, and it shows like... Like, it's a good movie, okay, like, for entertainment, but the, yeah. the story and the lesson of the movie is cool because it's, like, there's going to be hard shit. Not everybody's going to get along. Not everybody's going to like each other, but through the work, through the process, everybody becomes a team, and they become unified, you know? And it's a great story on culture. Like, when you have a business, like, I hear a lot of people, they cry and moan about, like, oh, my people don't get along. And the reason your people don't get along is because you're not challenging them to solve problems together because bonds and relationships and culture and teams are built under pressure like dude great team culture like we talked about um a couple weeks ago have you ever seen a team with great culture fucking or a team that didn't have great culture win a super bowl it doesn't happen right it's a it's an essential part so the way you create culture is by bringing people of all different you know genders and races and thought processes together and making them do the fucking work to solve a problem together. Mm-hmm. And that bonds people. Respect is built. Then you have a culture. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I like that movie so much. Because yeah. it, like the team at the end of the movie, like in the beginning, it could be not a worse culture. And then they work their asses off, work their asses off, work their asses off. Respect's built. Trust is built. Loyalty's built. And then all of a sudden, they're kicking everybody's ass. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you feel about the the part where the guy takes himself out and puts the other guy in because he's better? I mean, would that's that, fucking good teamwork. It is awesome. But would that would that be consistent with having a competitive attitude? Yes. If you're on a team mentality. Gotcha. Like, dude, if I have a fucking, if, like, what would be the use in, in me designing some video when I don't know how to design video or me just so I could say I designed the video right. versus me going to Tyler and saying, hey, dude, I need you to fucking put together a video because you're better than me at it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being, that's a good point of leadership, too. Like, being a great leader, you don't have to be the best at everything. Your job is not to be the best at everything. It's to place the people who are at the best of those things in the right positions. Right. Regardless of how good you are at them. Right. See what I mean? Right. So, guys, once again, a lot of what Andy is saying is his own experience, but some of it has gotten as a result of good study and, and life experience. And if you haven't yet picked up the... Uh, the uh, reading list, the MFCO reading list, check it out, the MFCO.com forward slash badass books. I think that's, that's enough for, for today. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.